now I'm joined by Peter Ellenbrook, Head of Investor Standards at ShareAction, the charity that has been operating for 12 years, trying to transform the investment system so that it is geared towards the long-term interests of savers, society and the environment. They campaign for transparency so people of assets are able to see where their money is put to work, accountability, sustainable economic and human development and delivering value for money. But I will let Peter share all the details with you. Thank you for joining me, Peter. Thanks, Tadali. It's an absolute um, honour to be here today. I've been really looking forward to this chat. Me too. So first of all, can you share a little bit more about ShareAction? I'm sure many of our listeners are familiar with the organisation, but for those who aren't, can you just give us a brief overview and what your role entails as well? Absolutely, absolutely. So um, yeah, it was in, in your introduction, you noticed uh, you noted that we've, we've, we've been in operation for over uh, 10 years. So we've been doing this for a little while now. Um, we're a little charity with a big mission. Um, our, our driving mission and, and, and purpose is to transform the global investment system so it becomes truly accountable for the real world impacts of those investments on people and um, planet. Um, so very, very lofty goal, but um, we're quite strategic in, in how we do that. And we work with um, all stakeholders across the investment value chain. So we try to get companies to become more sustainable by leveraging investor uh, alliances um, and, and coalitions to put the pressure on. Um, we also challenge investors themselves through uh, research and, and rankings. And that's a large part of my role. I'll go into a second. Uh, we also do a lot of work with policymakers, mainly here in the, the uh, UK and the EU to, to build a more supportive policy to promote responsible investment. And lastly, but not leastly, uh, with individual savers to um, raise awareness about where the pension goes or, um, you know, whether, whether their bank, you know, lends money to, to, to call and to advocate for um, action on, on that side uh, as, as well. Um, my role is head of investor standards. So uh, I work very closely with our financial sector research team who might be known for their global rankings of financial institutions on responsible uh, investment. Um, that, that team took over the uh, asset owners disclosure project a few years ago, and now we um, publish global rankings of asset managers, pension funds and insurers around every two years. And my job, I, I think I have the best job in the world because I get to go and meet those investors. Uh, and in the last 12 months, it's mainly been Zoom calls, lots and lots of Zoom calls, chatting to, um, uh, ESG professionals from 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 all these institutions um, and talking about their performance and, and how they can do better. And um, part of my role is to promote investor standards so that responsible investment approaches really match the systemic crises and issues that we're, we're facing today. Um, and, and there's a lot in there. And, and I'm really happy that the topic today is around governance and internal processes because I, I think that's quite critical and um, is a key part of my role as well. Great. Well, yeah, it sounds like you're extremely busy. Um, and those uh, global rankings, our coverage of those have been one, of, one amongst our most popular stories on the SG Clarity website. Um, I think everyone just wants to have a little, little look where they where they sit or whether whether the, the, the asset management houses, where they place their investment with sit. So, yes, they've been very well read. So, it's pleasing to see so many investors become more motivated in, in terms of voting in favour of climate change mitigation policies, um, particularly recently. So can you share some of the success stories you've seen at ShareAction? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the areas um, we're starting to see more progress is in um, voting practices on on climate uh, resolutions. Um, and and this is something that we've published research on the last two years um, and is one of our popular research documents as we analyze the voting practices of the world's largest asset managers on key climate and, and recently social resolutions. And in terms of successes, I think one really important trend is in the last 12 months, we've seen a handful of US um, asset managers really start to um, increase their support for climate related resolutions. So some names, um, Northern Trust Asset Management, uh, JP Morgan Asset Management and Wellington Management have basically gone from around, you know, single figures or above to uh, the majority of, of resolutions, uh, which is which is really good and a trend that we're hoping plenty more peers to um to to pick up on and, and follow uh, suit. We know that European NASA managers have been quite progressive on voting for many years, but um, that the US has been a real lagging region. Uh, so that's that's quite positive. Mm. Um, another really big win worth mentioning, and um, it's related to voting, is um, uh, investors now getting a bit more active in co-filing resolutions uh, strategically. Mm. And one sector that, that's been a bit overlooked in recent years, um, you know, the last three or four years has been a huge focus on direct emitters in the real economy, but um, the, the, the banking sector uh, has really um, in, increased in focus by investors. And this year, Share Action coordinated with, um, with the support of around 2.4 trillion worth of assets um, by I think it was over 10, I forget the exact number of um, investors who co-filed a resolution at HSBC. Um, and last year, HSBC, you know, they took a good step and made a, a long-term net zero um, pledge or, or, or commitment. Um, but this resolution was asking them to uh, translate that into short-term action, particularly around the phase out of, of fossil fuels. And um, there was a lot of engagement with, with the bank that ended up to HSBC tabling their own resolution. So a management proposed resolution, which is terrific. And in exchange, um, the, the the shareholder proposal was was withdrawn. But that resolution will see HSBC making more concrete commitments to phase out fossil fuels um, in in, the, in their portfolios. So that that's um, you know, that's an example of where filing resolutions can lead to really rapid change, where um, you know, perhaps over a course of a few years, investors have been engaging on this topic and having limited uh, reach. So it's um, it's not voting per se, but it's using resolution power. Um, and, and, and I think that's something that we're going to see more of, or I hope we see more of um, uh, in the 2022 uh, voting, um, voting season. So look, I, I think those are really good indicators of, of, of progress um, in, in, in this area. Mm. Yeah, I think that I agree that um, that looks like it's going to be the direction of travel going forwards. So but what, what areas have um, been more disappointing um, recently? Where was where, where um, something happened that's not planned out as you'd hoped? Yeah, oh, there's, there's, there's still a lot. <laughs> mm. um, and and I've been really lucky in my role. I've, I've, I've managed to chat personally with 50 of the world's largest 75 asset managers on, on their performance. And, and, and um, when you look at the sector as a whole, there's still a long way to go um, when it comes to stewardship. So one of the shock findings from our um, global ranking of asset managers last year, that report was called Point of No Returns, was that still around half 
of of those top 75 asset managers don't provide fit for purpose disclosure around their, their voting or, or engagement practices. I mean, that's shocking. Um, you, you look at 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 the the how much progress we still need to see from the corporate world, especially on climate change, and exercising in investor influence and shareholder power is is critical to doing that. So, mm-hmm. the fact that half of the sector doesn't tell you how they're using that power um, to me that's a huge disappointment and has been one of the biggest topics that we've had in our discussions. And I, I think that that's going to change pretty soon. I think. Um, big clients, asset owner clients are becoming a bit more demanding now or starting mm-hmm. to ask tougher questions. I think in certain regions, stewardship standards through through stewardship codes and and, and, and regulatory policies are starting to, to lift lift the policies. But the industry has been really slow um, to pick up on that. So so I hope that's going to get um, better. I mean, there are some, some, some promising movements on leveraging votes against directors. Um, so going back to climate mitigation and voting, um, you know, I think the discussion there was around supporting shareholder proposals, but, but you know, voting against um, traditional governance resolutions, like voting against um, the chair of the board or a certain person on the board, where there has been um, inaction on, on climate can be a really powerful tool. And actually, that's one of the areas where we've seen um, BlackRock really start to um, make progress in their own approaches mm-hmm. recently. Um, and we've seen leading peers really use that a bit more strategically. Mm. Um, the, yeah, disappointments. Another one, um, we, we talked to a lot of investment houses that, that, that seem to be under the impression that, that bottom-up ESG risk integration is enough when it comes to responsible investment. Mm. Um, and, and I, you know, wearing my share action hat, you know, that, that, that's, that's, that's half the story, isn't it? Like, yeah, because the these, <laughs> it's, just, it's just the start, right? And that's just financial common sense. But when you look at the, the, the scale of the climate crisis and the, diverse, the biodiversity crisis, like, like these are natural systems that the economy and financial system depends upon. If they break down, there won't be a quality of life for human beings, let alone financial systems. To mitigate those systemic risks require radical action um, today um, and bottom-up risk integration on ESG issues just isn't going to get us there, right? right so mm-hmm. responsible investment that, that needs a higher standard than just looking at what's financial material at an asset level or, or even a sector level. So, you know, the leaders, and we've seen it, asset managers, you know, blending top-down approaches, you know, they've done their climate scenario analysis work. They've identified um, what what impacts climate change and 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 um, biodiversity, which is biodiversity is quite new. They're not quite there yet because the data isn't as, as evolved. Mm, but yeah. at least they're starting to think about it and say, look, these are the most at-risk sectors we need to engage on. Here are the, some clear sectors we need to remove capital from. You know, thermal coal is a clear um, example that 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 value chain. Um, mm. So a big part of our discussions is like. Where's, where's your top-down analysis? Um, and, and, you know, this comes to governance too, which we're going to yeah. talk about in, in a little bit. And, you know, I think we'll go into that in a bit more detail in a few minutes. But, um, um, yeah, I, I, I find bottom-up ESG risk integration useful if it's matched with a top-down approach, but potentially dangerous if that's the only approach being taken. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, 
I've got plenty more disappointments, but just I think for the sake of time, I might just put a pause there. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's great. I mean, just to touch on, I'm, I'm, I'm so surprised that you, that you, you said half, half of the half of the corporate sector are not disclosing. Um, is that right? Half of the asset managers of the um, asset management sector, don't yeah. disclose the the corporate engagement. Yeah, um, I mean, we've, I, I listen to, so I see so many marketing campaigns about transparency and. Um, the increasing engagement reports that are being published it's I'm really surprised it's that so high um, yeah and clearly a lot of work still to be done on that yeah we'll be doing our next global ranking next year mm. um, so I'm really hoping that um, it'll be a different picture then yeah. and, and actually I'm quite um, uh, uh, I'm a bit of an optimist at heart. I think you have to be to sort mm. of, you know, survive working in this space. So I, I am, I'm cautiously optimistic that that'll be a much bigger, uh, better figure ne next year. And, and certainly, mm. you know, we've put a lot of effort and resources and time into to saying, you know, show us your votes, show us your rationales for key ESG votes. Um, votes. Tell us about your your stewardship. And a lot of the time, I think there's 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 stewardship activity that that, that that's mm. happening on ESG, but it's just not being told. Yeah. Um, but I think stakeholders have a right to that to that knowledge. I mean, the stakes are too high. So, um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, in the um, background notes, I was told that you're particularly interested in the internal processes of a company around training and incentives. Can you explain what that means, what exactly you're looking for? Yeah, I love this um, because, <laughs> you know, this is new, right? So in our um, global rankings, it was just last year we've started looking at the quality of training on ESG issues and mm -hmm. the quality or the alignment of financial incentives yeah. with, um, with, with, with ESG. Um, you know, um, maybe to start with, 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 with training, um, it is so critical to get training right because the mindset of an investor today needs to be different from what was 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago because of these systemic issues that are really starting to um, become um, manifest and knowing what we know about um, the climate crisis and, and the biodiversity crisis. I mean, there's no excuse for not knowing today. Um, needs a, a different mindset when, when, when choosing companies or countries to uh, invest in and laying down the terms and expectations for those investments. Um, you would want ideally your portfolio manager and analyst to have a pretty good handle on a complicated mix of when, it, and this is for climate change, transition risks under a range of scenarios, physical risks and litigation risks mm. um, under a range of scenarios so that they can sort of best understand um, how those investments, you know, will 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 shape up, and 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 if there needs to be a, a change in 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 behaviour. Now, what our research found is that most investment houses have a very lunch and learn style when it comes to ESG trading. Maybe a few hours here and there. Maybe we'll send some people to some conferences. Um, maybe we'll do some kind of very basic um, ESG accredit accreditation. I, I don't think that's enough to, to mm. really have a handle on these systemic issues. And what's missing is a standard for training on, on, on issues like climate change and, and natural capital. What we're seeing from some peers is really sophisticated approaches to train staff. And, and one good example 
that that we highlighted. Um, and it's worth mentioning that we don't just do the global rankings, we do leading practice research too, to sort mm -hmm. of feed that virtuous cycle by saying, this is what good looks, good looks like across all of these responsible investment areas. And I think one of the best training approaches were found was from Alain Bernstein, who worked hand in hand with um, Columbia Earth Institute to build a learning curriculum about climate risk and investments that, that, that brings in a climate science experts and, um, and the board gets that training too. So often we find that the board doesn't get ESG training. They just get some updates now and then. But, yeah. but I the, think I saw that release actually, um, bring, is it the Climate University? Or? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, that's a really good example of, you know, mm -hmm. a, an asset manager making uh, a resource and finance commitment to making sure that, that the, the, the level of awareness on, on, on climate risk is, is fit for purpose. And, and we need to see more of that. Um, so, so we're, we're trying in our discussions and research to help lay some foundation stones for building a standard for training. So certainly we would expect that it's mandatory for mm -hmm. staff, not just let's send some people to conferences, yeah. that it's frequent, right? Because climate science is uh, moving along at breakneck speed and, and, and you need to bring in the external experts. Mm. You need to, we need to, to, the training needs to mix real world science with investment expertise, right? So you just can't leave it up to investors to do it themselves. So um, they're the sort of criterion we would like to see be be, be leveraged, and um, so 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 that 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 that's quite quite critical. Mm, I was about to say on the on the financial incentive side, um, we 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 see a lot of asset managers talk to companies and setting expectations for companies they invest in to align pay with sustainability, but. When you um when you look at investors themselves, it's, there's not a lot of transparency on how that's happening. So there's a little bit of like asset managers need to walk the walk uh, on this. I think to be taken seriously in those engagements because when you look at the pay packages of asset managers, and a lot of asset managers will say things like ESG is in our DNA, and you know it's fully integrated across all the businesses. And then it's like, well, show us how your bonuses or long-term in, uh, incentive. Um, um, packages are, are aligned and, and there's just no information out there. I think it's a really, it's been an unexplored field and I think it's critical because unless you get those internal incentives aligned, how are you going to get the ambition and the drive mm. and, and, and that, 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 that personal motivation? So, so that's, um, that's a really important area and something we've been having discussions and to think about um, how can we help build a standard for um, financial incentives for asset managers that, that are aligned with, with ESG and, and um, you know, I, show us the KPIs, show us what good stewardship yeah. means. Um, what's interesting is we've, we've seen it's possible. There's one Canadian um, asset manager, CDBQ, that will link um, bonus payouts to carbon reduction targets and how they're achieved across portfolios or asset classes. So the bonus will go up or down against carbon um, decarbonization pathways in, in their portfolios. And you know, well, so there's a quite a clear KPI and, and pretty good disclosure uh, there. So I think that's pretty much the only example we found on the 75 mm -hmm. that, 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 that have that level of uh, detail. Um, okay. So that's something that, you know, we would like to see clients and consultants ask more questions about in their engagements with asset managers. Yes. And, and we're doing some work around this as well, yeah. Yeah, it's got to come from the sort of fund selectors and um, in our due diligence as well. They need to be pushing up, pushing from that that the right direction. And also, just touching on what you said about ESG and the DNA, 
oh, it really is a bugbear of mine. I don't yeah. know why some firms are still using that tagline because so many, well, so many do, and it doesn't just doesn't say much. It's not a unique message at all. <laughs> that's that 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 that's right. And you know, there's 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 very mixed levels of transparency about even what bottom-up ESG integration looks mm. like. You know, is it just removing one or two companies from a market index, or is it? A very comprehensive range of indicators that are used with um with 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 uh you know a bit more of a robust data analysis that that, that underlines it um mm. and 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 i think i think the quality of engagement and stewardship needs to be considered a core part of esg integration as well and 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 as we talked about that there's often a lot of missing information there you know particularly around escalation mm. Um, and maybe just to tie it back to another disappointment, um, was reading the, the Climate Action 100 plus benchmark progress report. Yeah. So, you know, CA 100 plus has been around for four years and now we've seen that the majority of companies are really lagging across most of those, you know, indicators, um, which really tells us that the quality of engagement needs a step change and improvement and escalation needs to be key for that. And that's missing a lot of time. A lot of investors would say, look, we just, you know, we, uh, we, we do engagement behind the scenes and we need to keep out the quality of, of our, you know, relationships and, and meetings. You know, meanwhile, investors are, are voting all the time against pay packages and that doesn't seem to get in the way of their discussion with, 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 with companies. Mm. I think there's real room here for more boldness. And I don't think it means that they're gonna lose access to these companies. Um, so I would love to see, um, especially, uh, you know, because that benchmarking data is available now to investors, investors have all the information they need to challenge CA 100 plus companies and start voting um, uh, against management proposals to, to make that clear. And we've started to see that this voting season. Um, and, and, you know, another thing we're interested in, in is, is the rise of net zero signatories by ASA managers. It's over 70 now. Um, the top three are in there, your BlackRock, State Street and Vanguard. Mm. Um, what's missing, though, is public disclosure on, on what that means for how stewardship and engagement is going to change to help meet that. Yeah. So, so that's something we're having a range of discussions with uh, ASA managers is just tell us, tell us how your stewardship is changing now. Yeah, um, it's all a bit vague at the moment still, isn't it? That's right. That's yeah. right. Um, and and so I really hope later this year we see some more disclosure um, mm -hmm. around that and stronger standards um, yeah. for what a net zero stewardship strategy um, should look like. Yeah. Okay, they, this brings me nicely on um, to my next question. Um, as you know, we are running a campaign for better government within the investment management industry across the last word media publications we want the investment management industry to look inwardly and think about whether they're running their own companies in a way that they would expect of the companies they invest in and hold in their responsible portfolios what um have you come across in that respect and what do you think of asset manager standards are they are they living up to what they ask of the companies they invest in I, I, some are, but the majority aren't. Yeah. So you'll hear a lot of asset managers saying, um, we want companies to, to be part of the transition from the shareholder primacy model to the stakeholder value um, model. Mm -hmm. um, and also, I think we, we already talked about this, align your pay packages with this transition or with you know, just, you know, just truly sustainable business models. 
and and that that's an area where um I think we haven't seen the same movement by asset managers. I think especially around purpose, like we're 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 hearing a lot of noises about like the purpose of asset managers now in you know needing to be accountable to stakeholders, but the governance structures are still tied to maximizing profits. So there's a dissonance there, and and that has to change. And so what? And and I, I think it's fantastic that 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 you guys are um are promoting governance because this change needs to come from within. Mm. And this is a great opportunity now for asset managers to revisit their purpose, to ask, is bottom up is is ESG integration um, enough? And it probably isn't. Uh, uh, um, what. What we need in terms of purpose is accountability for how investments affect people and, and the planet mm. because, because investments don't happen in a vacuum. And I think for any investor to be legitimately calling themselves a responsible investor means that they take responsibility for how their investments are shaping the world around them, right? So, so you hear a lot more about real world impact. And this is at the core of our research. Like in our rankings, we're saying that responsible investment needs a mindset that goes thinking beyond financial materiality into how those investments um, um, shape, shape the planet and, 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 and treat people um, along the way. Most asset managers don't have a human rights policy um, uh, and have a very reactive approach to looking at how workers are treated. And, and now with COVID and the pandemic, you know, there's been a lot more of a spotlight on the SNESG, but largely asset managers are still very silent on 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 how they 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 treat that as well. So so if you can get the purpose of 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 asset managers shifting in this direction, and then if we see commitment from the board and more resources put into stewardship and ESG integration and building out um, you know responsible investment teams and given a mandate to to think and act beyond financial materiality, uh, uh, then I think we're moving in the right direction. And then goals like Paris achieving the goals of Paris in one mm. 1. 1.5 degree planet and, and the sustainable development goals become within the horizon of possibility. But if it's business as usual, you can kiss them goodbye. It's not going to happen. Mm. Um, so so this, this, it's the inner work that's so critical. And it's yeah. the same with human beings. Transformation only comes when change comes from within, right? And, and I think we're starting to see these discussions um, happening now. Mm. Um, there's a lot of soul searching. There's still a lot of barriers. There's still a lot of resistance. Um, but, but I think the more uh, that these institutions are asked to rethink their purpose and align with the norms of society, mm. um, the, the better chance um, that those, those conversations will, yeah. will, will, will go somewhere. Yeah, I think you, yeah, you've raised some really interesting points there. I think it does feel like there there is um, some more of these conversations going on, and maybe we are on the cusp of some sort of big change. We need that um, accountability to come forward, and well, asset managers to step up, really, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's um, that, that's yeah, that that's something we're gonna you know really keep 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 pushing on over yeah. the next, you know, six, 12 months and, and yeah. beyond. These next 10 years are everything. These next 10 years, I'd say even the next five years, five years will make the difference between a, a 1.5 degree pathway and a four degree um, hot house earth scenario. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we can't wait for five years for like mandatory TCFD disclosure. It's like, we need to see um, um, really strong efforts to actively decarbonize the real economy across all, all sectors, mm -hmm. like now, um 
So, so this, this, this conversation can't happen soon yeah. enough. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when you frame it like that, 1.5 degrees compared to four degrees, it's, it's just, it's just so scary, isn't it? It just needs to happen. And you've talked a bit about the, the future there, but what have you got coming up in the next year? So what are your key focuses? What are you pushing for? Yeah, uh, we've got a busy, a busy year. It's going to be great. We're going to do another voting report um, probably in the autumn this year where we'll look at um, the larger SASA managers and, and the voting performance um, across climate and, and social resolutions. Actually, we're just about to publish our um, global ranking of the world's largest 75 insurance companies. Oh, okay. Um, uh, which I'm, I, I can't wait for that. that, yeah, that, that that's huge because insurers have got such a big to role, role to play. Mm. Um, and they're the biggest asset owners behind pensions. Yes. So much money. Um, anyway, that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> um, we're going to publish a leading practice guide for banks on, on climate change. Um, so we talked a little bit about um, banking earlier. So we're going to feedback some, you know, what good looks like and, and leverage that. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to do some work looking at... Um, stewardship by climate action 100 plus investors on on and 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 doing a little work around around there and uh next year we're going to publish our next asset manager ranking um so so lots of lots of and then you know in the meantime we're going to keep talking to investors like it's a big part of what we do and maybe we don't we're not so vocal uh, about it is um, having ongoing continuous conversations with investors on a range of ESG topics mm. and part of that is pushing them on these these standards so we um, okay. yeah, we talk with hundreds of investors all the time it's ongoing and um, a, a, a lot of the discussions now are like um, start voting this this voting season on 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 on, on climate uh, it, it's it's not too late start asking questions at AGMs we'd love to see more investors mm. get on get on the podium and um, use their voice at AGMs in addition to um, using their voting um, power in the right direction on, on, on these issues. So uh, tons of stuff. It's it's um, never a boring day. Yeah, no, it <laughs> sounds like it. Well, I look forward to reading all of those um, reports and what else comes out of Share Action. It sounds like there's some really exciting stuff coming up. Um, so thank you so much for joining me on this, Peter. It's been really great talking to you. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun and um, thanks for having me on. Find us on SoundCloud or iTunes by searching for ESG Out Loud.